Welcome back to the Major Journey Podcast. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Goodfields, a cannabis beverage brand that is taking the market by storm. He rekindled his experience with cannabis recently in 2019, where at the time he was struggling with pain management and inflammation. Like most, he didn't smoke or vape, so he turned to tinctures and edibles. After some mediocre experiences, he finally found something that worked for him and started crafting his own effective products as a hobby for friends and family. Then after getting laid off from his job in early 2020, he knew his passion for cannabis grew beyond just a home grow. He found the next big thing that he wanted to dedicate himself to, and here we are. Jason Raposa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. No, I'm super excited for this. I see a ton of stuff on on LinkedIn about what you guys are up to at Good Feels and you know, finally getting a chance to sit down with the the man behind it all is definitely a treat. So take us back to, you know, how you even got started with Goodfields, or even if there was a little bit of cannabis industry experience prior to that, what was that all about? And then how did you get to where you are today with Goodfields? Uh, well, you covered it nicely. I like that intro. That was a, such a warm intro. Thank you for saying those kind <laughs> words. The uh, My background is definitely not in cannabis. I'm not a legacy consumer in any way. I'm a total noob, right? And so when somebody somebody asked me to take a hit off a dab rig the other day, and I was just like, how do you do that? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like all this. So I'm just on the other side of the fence when it comes to cannabis, right? And beyond that, before that, I was a, you know, I I was part of the dare generation. And so, you know, a lot of those people who grew up in the dare generation was like, I'll never touch drugs ever. I pledge my life. I'll right. never, you know, whatever. And so when I started, um, you know, when I had that major kind of medical issue, I, you know, after traditional medicine kind of failed me, I started, you know, thinking about maybe cannabis might be an option for me. Mm-hmm. I was still super hesitant. You know, imagine people were coming into it for the first time. It's how do I, like, what do I do? Do I go get like a bong? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how do I, I don't understand. Now they have yeah. pre-rolls. Pre-rolls are cool. Like, all right, maybe yeah, I'll get one of those. now. And then, you know, it's all fancy now. They got vape cartridges and all this other stuff. And so, you know, because the last time I had probably consumed cannabis, probably smoking it, uh, not even edibles, was probably like 20 years beforehand, right? Maybe in mm-hmm. college or something like that. So it had been a minute. And when I consumed uh, the first time, it was, it was combustible. It was smoke because that's kind of like the only thing I knew. Um, mm-hmm. And then I knew edibles existed, but I wasn't sure about them. And so... Just like any person who's coming into the for the first time, for the first time, they're just conf- they're going to be confused, right? right? So there's everybody talks about the can of curious, but really there's the can of confused in most yeah, cases. That's a great way to put it. When they're just coming into it for the first time, and they're just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, and they'll ask the bud tender, mm-hmm. of course, right? Which leads into a whole other set of um, you know challenges sometimes. But I mean, you want to talk about my background real quick? I am a technologist at heart. I graduated from Worcester Polytech in Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, engineering school, and I graduated back in, I was supposed to graduate in 2000, not going to lie. I was uh, mm. had a little delay, uh, dot-com bubble, so I ended up getting recruited out of college before I even graduated, and I worked for a really high-end consulting company out of Glastonbury, Connecticut. Long story short, bubble burst, and now I was like, now what do I do? And so I went back and got my degree. So technically, I graduated in 20, 2002, technically. And, uh, you know, it was a really good foundation of learning. The WPI is fantastic mm-hmm. at projects and stuff like that. So I, you know, my IQP, which was like a inter- interdisciplinary qualifying project, if I can remember those words, 
I stayed in London. I was in, um, I did a, I worked for London Transport. You know, I was like a junior in college. Yeah. Worked for London Transport and I worked on, you know, transportation issues inside, inside and outside of this, you know, little car park in Merton of all places next to Wimbledon and stuff like that. Long, long story short, again, after, you know, graduating from WPI, I went on and had a pretty successful technical career. Um, and then, um, I mean, after I got laid off, I should say, what ended up happening was I was out of work for a minute. And so mm. I started a, I've always just started companies, right? That's just my thing. Yeah. And so I started a moving company. Uh, hmm. I was moving for somebody else and I was just like, I can do that. Like I can pick up a phone and like get business. I can post something on Craigslist and say, Hey, I'm a mover. Like, yeah. you know, come and come and hire me. You know, it was actually called, it was called muscle men movers. I still remember the name. <clears throat> and I, um, so I did that for a little bit and then, uh, built a bunch of websites for people and, you know, just kind of like, and I was actually an adjunct professor also forgot about that. And so I was really? a professor for a while at my local community college, which is what I graduated from because I didn't go straight to WPI. I was like a, you know, people think of me as like a tryhard, like a, you know, I go full sweat on things, but back then, absolutely not. I was not at all sweaty. I barely graduated high school. Um, and so I went to community college was my first kind of stop. And then eventually I went to WPI because after I found programming, basically, how you know, I could program a computer, like, how does this work? Right. Uh, I kind of, my brain just clicked with it. And then I went to WPI in, you know, really high-end engineering school in Massachusetts. But after, you know, getting laid off in the dot-com bubble burst, doing all these odd jobs, become a professor or whatever, my buddy comes to me and he says, hey, I'm moving to New York City for a new job. You want to come with me, but my roommate. And I said, well, if I can find a job, and this is now like 2004, 2000, maybe mm -hmm. five, early 2005. And I was basically like, if I can find a job, sure, I'll come with you. And within two weeks, I found a job. And I'm like, oh, they're hiring for like programmers again. This is amazing, right? So it took, that was how long, from 2001-ish to 2004, I was basically like in full-on survival mode. I was eating tuna and mustard right. every day. And like, it was just like, I didn't have any money. I was trying to make ends meet. And moved to New York City uh, with my, you know, my one of my best friends, and uh, you know, spent the next thirteen years there. And you know, <clears throat> besides just you know rising through the ranks of becoming from a program, a junior program, all the way to a CTO of an ad agency, I then started two companies there, and also had three children in Brooklyn. So wow. yeah, so it's it's it. I'd spent a, quite a large chunk of change of time in. New York City, and I miss it dearly. Actually, it's New York City. There's no other place like it. But then, yeah. eventually, moved back to Massachusetts. Then the cannabis industry kind of took my life. That's cool, man. So before before I want because I really wanted to to kind of get your your take on the the beverage mm -hmm. sector of the cannabis industry and kind of like the the current landscape of it today. Um, can we talk a little bit about Goodfeels and kind of just, you know, break down exactly what kind of products you guys have right now? I know you have some pretty badass seltzers out there. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, you know, kind of what's 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 cooking with good with Goodfeels right now as far well, as the products and kind of where you guys envision yourselves fitting into the industry um, and any kind of voids that you're kind of looking to fill right now? Uh, lots of voids. So we actually spend a lot of time in R&D, right? So, you know, because our, our machines aren't fully on all the time, right? So in the mm -hmm. off time, we're looking at, you know, different projects and different kind of gaps to fill in the market where we see fit. And 
we have four or five other products that we want to release maybe over the next year or two. Um, we have one coming out in the next, like, we'll say four weeks to be safe. That will uh, that is different than we've whatever we've ever done before. But getting back to our original products, so we launched with two types of products, two product formats ultimately, right? So you already mentioned the RTD seltzer, right? Ready to drink RTD. Those mm -hmm. RTD seltzers come in a twelve ounce glass bottle, an amber bottle, in the shape of a stubby, right? So it's like if you think about like a red stripe bottle, that's basically what it comes in. Totally. Uh, we worked really long, a really long time on the branding and getting it everything perfect. We worked really long time on the formulation to get everything perfect, and we really dialed it into the point where, even though it's a zero calorie, zero sugar seltzer, it has like the cleanest, crispest taste. Right? It's it's mm -hmm. in you know in no small words, it is absolutely delicious. And for the most part, everybody seems to resonate those same thoughts, including Weed Maps, right? That gave us the 2022 uh, best in you know best drinks were on that list uh, as, the hero, as the hero image in weed maps so yeah that's our rtd um comes in four flavors and we have two rotational seasonal flavors or limited release flavors and uh you know we didn't in it was purpose built to be mass market right we weren't trying to create like um you know a chamomile rosemary mm -hmm. uh lavender yeah cranberry whatever right it was like no we're black cherry blood orange grapefruit and raspberry apple like super palatable super delicious and very um very approachable mm. the limited release flavors which we have in rotation are autumn harvest which is like a cinnamony like apple flavor uh and then on the summer side we have pineapple mango Pineapple mango, oh, we should be releasing that in the next, like, you know, maybe like two months or so as as mm. the weather starts to heat up a little bit, maybe like six weeks, we'll see. So that will, you know, be hitting in, you know, mid-spring to, you know, late spring. And th those flavors are just fantastic. Like, I love them. I drink them all the time. Um, those are my favorites. And then on the other product format, though, in, like, this is a brand new category. The stuff that we're building for this product is brand new, and it's not a tincture, and it's not an edible. It's like in between, right? So it's like we're basically forging through this brand new category where you can take something which comes in a tincture bottle ultimately, hmm. and you can now put it into any liquid you want. So you can put it in – you know. and sometimes when I say this to people, they're like, it's, it's called the beverage enhancer in short. Um, but basically, you can enhance more than just beverages, but – Often when I tell people this, and this is the bud tender issue I talked about at the beginning. So you talk to a bud tender and they're like, so like, how does it work? We're like, oh, it can go into any liquid. You know, it's a beverage enhancer, so you can put in anything. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, oh, I got it. So like water. I go, yeah, but like more than just water. And they're like, uh, uh, and they start thinking and I'm like, it can go in. All right. So now here, all the examples are going to come out. It's like iced tea, yeah. lemonade, your Gatorade, Pepsi, Coke, whatever you want. In fact, and I always go into this little little thing, and people have heard this a million times from me. In fact, I've actually put, uh, I've actually put it in even cereal. And the way you do really? that is you put it in the milk. And so, yeah, so I actually ate infused cereal because you take the beverage enhancer, in this case, the flavorless version, because we have three flavors 
and one mm-hmm. is being a you know aka flavorless but raspberry lemon lime and, and then flavorless and if you take the flavorless one it can basically go into anything i put it into hot sauce as well uh barbecue sauce and all kinds of things so you're now really? infusing anything you want and so that's what I mean. It's like a brand new category and it's not oil based, right? So it's not like, and I know people out have, uh, you know, olive oils they've infused and stuff like that mm-hmm. and butters and all that fun stuff. But this is a whole new shift because now it's, it's super portable. It's super discreet, you know, and I hear stories about this all the time, for instance, right? A dispensary partner of ours was out to dinner with his old college friend and his old college friend's wife said, oh, I'll just take a seltzer pulled out a beverage enhancer, started infusing it at the restaurant, puts it back in her purse and just sipping on this. That's how discreet this is. Nobody knows what you're drinking, right? So it's like if, you know, and it has a very similar effect as Delta 9 smoking it, right? So for us, it is a true Delta 9 experience. So you're not getting all the edible artifacts of 11-hydroxy and all the scientific terms attached to it. It's literally, it is Delta 9 THC, and it hits in five minutes, and so you can, can totally can control the entire situation. But that's the beverage enhancer in short. You take a little bit, a dropper full, half a dropper full. I microdose it like a quarter dropper at a time uh, throughout the day to just keep my anxiety in check because I suffer from mm-hmm. a lot of stress and anxiety. And I'll just dose it into my water, into my shakes, into my smoothies, into whatever basically throughout the day. And it just kind of keeps my mental status in check, right? And so I don't get too in the weeds about, oh man, our you know, when you know our customers aren't paying us on time and whatever, you know what right. I mean? Like, or there's some drama in the cannabis world somewhere else. Like, let's not think about it. Or SVB failing, or like bank failures yeah, again, yeah. right? Because um, that's my generation was like when 2008, 2009 happened. I was part of that generation with bank failures because I was actually starting one of my companies that I started in literally to late 2008, early 2009 was a bank focused uh, publishing site. And so we were covering bank failures nonstop, right? And so we were doing bank health checks. You know, FDIC publishes all this really public uh, data, and we'd compile all this data and, pr- and present it back to the uh, internet. So you never know what your anxiety is going to like, how your anxiety is going to get triggered sometimes. And so to keep it in check, I, I microdose throughout the day. And, you know, when people talk to me, it's not like I'm super high all the time, right? It's not like I'm going to be like right. blasted and like, oh my God, Jason's always baked. It's not like yeah. that. This mm-hmm. is a super approachable low dose product where you just have a little bit at a time. And in fact, it's so little that I've never actually taken a tea, I've never taken a tea break. I've just never had to like, stop consuming it just to reset my, you know, recalibrate my endocannabinoid right. system because it's already kind of, it's so low enough and it's so in check that like, there's no reason for a tea break. It just still, it still just works for me because I'm not overdoing it in any way. That's really interesting. So, so would you say that that's good? Just the way, the way that it works and the way that it's able to infuse, not just in water, but I think I saw you actually make a post about this the other day. Um, how you infuse the non-alcoholic Guinness. Mm-hmm. So are, are bud tenders getting it now? Like after they multiple are. conversations and, and examples that you're giving, are they are like, what's their feedback on this? So I'm sure they see products all the time. Yeah, exactly. So they, a lot of times they're blown away because they've never heard of it before, right? Because this is mm-hmm. what I mean by forging a new category. So bud tenders who have been with us, you know, for more than a few months, 
usually get it, right? We do bud tender training, but we've actually started doing more in-person demonstrations too. So they really understand because we used to use uh, a piece of software that would show people like on their phone, like, oh, here's how it all works, but nothing beats like an in-store demo. So for us, we've been going into stores now, providing drinks for the staff, and we'll just demonstrate like how it all works. So that it's been clicking a lot better recently. And uh, in, in general, it's clicking around uh, around the state now because you know we're only available in Massachusetts today. That's you know that our our new state will be announced hopefully soon. Amazing. But um, we we are right now only in Massachusetts, which means we only have access to like 260 stores, right? So, and we're approaching 100 now, which is super exciting. Congrats. And thank you very much. It took a long time to get there because a lot of these a lot of the buyers, you know, for these stores, or it's a click. It's like you know, you have to know somebody to know somebody. And then sometimes I'll get involved. You know, my sales team is fantastic, but sometimes I have to get involved. I got to talk to the, to the owner, to the CEO at the CEO right. level being like, Hey, like what's going on? Like, why won't you take our products? And, you know, it's been extremely successful because like I said, it improves in the pudding. We are into mm -hmm. close to a hundred stores now and it's just starting to really, really click where you know, one of the other posts I put on LinkedIn the other day was our QR, QR code scans, right? Which some people back in the day, I remember when QR codes came out, I'm like, this is a waste of time. There's QR codes. Mm -hmm. don't, like who's going to take out their phone and scan all this? Because you had to have a special app before. Right, you couldn't right. just use your camera. Right? You have to have a special QR code app because iPhones and Androids didn't support like QR codes natively. I felt the same way. I was like, I'm not downloading something else just to take a picture of it. I'm like, I'll just Google it. Yeah, just Google it at that point. It's just too much work otherwise. And so now, uh, now that it's native into into the phones themselves, now it's like everywhere. And so what we've seen is we've seen from December to January a doubling of QR code scans, and then January to February, February being even a shorter month, February outperforming January, and now March is outperforming February. So we're in this crazy uptick of people scanning these QR codes. And why is that actually indicative? Is because you have to actually, in order to scan that QR code, you actually have to have the product in, in your hand. And the only way to have the product in your hand is by buying it because these things are behind, they're in vaults behind the bud tender county, counter, right? Okay. So like they don't, nobody's actually like scanning this until it's actually in their hand. So that's really indicative of like, you know, our sales uh, over the last few months. And so now that our reorder cycles are, you know, reorders are coming in, uh, all this other stuff, it's been, you know, it's been fantastic. I uh, wish customers would pay us on time, but that's beside the point. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that'd be a cherry on the uh, cherry on the ice cream cake. But like for us, it's, uh, you know, we're just happy that we're we're selling and bud tenders are getting better at explaining how it all works to the consumer because this is the entry level product, right? This is when, you know, somebody comes into the store and says, hey, I, you know, I suffer from a little bit of anxiety. Like, what can I take? Instead of handing them a pre-roll, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever, like, or like a traditional edible hand them this because this is a way better solution in most cases to, you know, for their ailments. Yeah, no, that's, that makes total sense. And so Jason, when it comes to the, just the beverage sector as a whole, collectively, mm -hmm. how would you describe it today versus maybe where it was like a year or two, or maybe even mm -hmm. three years ago? Because a lot yeah. of folks have been saying, I'm sorry, I just one last thought, because this is kind of where that question comes from. A lot of folks have probably over the last like year, year and a half, I've seen this debate online and people are like, yeah, beverage is going to be a huge sector of the industry. Consumers want it. And then I feel like 
another half are just kind of like, nah, beverages aren't going to take off. It's all about smoking. So like, what are your, what are your thoughts there? Cause you're really in the weeds on this every single day. No pun intended. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have lots of strong opinions on it. You you know where my heart is because I I have a beverage company, and obviously a For lot sure. of the stuff that yeah. I'm going to say is somewhat biased because I see it through a different lens. But my perspective on this is is very grand, right? So, you know, and some of this is actually starting to play out too. And so, basically, the way I view beverages is that beverages are a part of everyday life, right? Mm -hmm. And I think um, the Doug Fulton gave me this great line back in the day where he, you know, he introduced me to this term, which I use all the time now. So props to Doug. But basically, you know, when somebody walks into your home, the first thing they say is, what do you want to drink? Okay. They don't say, hey, let's go smoke a blunt. I mean, some houses probably, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, or like, let's cut this edible in half and get baked or, you know what I mean? Like nobody, like nobody says that. Right. And so... When you walk into somebody's house and you want something to drink, but you want something, you know, slightly intoxicant, you're going to reach right, for right. a beer, right? Or you're going to reach for like a Goodfields or, you know, a cannabis infused beverage. So like it's a natural frictionless format. Like there's no, there's no better format for consuming cannabis in my opinion. Um, when you consume it the way I do and a lot of other people will be consuming it who haven't necessarily, you know, walked across the threshold of a dispensary yet. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of these people and the people we've tested, you know, we've tested over 450 people probably at this point. We survey and focus groups and one-on-ones and all this other stuff. And they, if it was more accessible, if it was in more stores, if it was more widely available or, you know, or al allowed to be delivered, um, which has just come out recently in Massachusetts, people would be, you know, consuming it because they don't like the way they feel when the next morning after they drink, you know, right. alcohol they have terrible hangovers or they're just like groggy and like, it's just, they're slow moving. And, you know, now, now you can't go to the gym and work out because you're just, you're just, you don't feel right. You feel a little bit nauseous maybe. So the way we approach it is the way we look at beverages in general is that it's a, we're at the footsteps of a giant market. And for us, it's about longevity, making sure that we're always going to continue to have a product that's off, uh, offering. You know, whether we dominate the market today or we dominate in 10 years does not matter to me. It's more about making sure that we're doing the right thing, A, on behalf of the consumer, um, but B, on, you know, on a point of focus, making sure that we're really focused in on the core product, core product offerings and not trying to diversify revenue into like 17 different things because the people who are focused on this are going to be the next Coca-Cola. They're going to be the next, mm -hmm. you know, big brand, multi-billion dollar brand. And you can kind of see that kind of a little bit happening right now with like can't right C A N N, you know, back when historically, uh, can was can was revolutionary. There's no, I mean, those guys did a fantastic job. What it was beforehand, you would have basically a traditional edible but liquid, right? And so it wasn't fast acting, and it you know it off the taste the tastes were a little bit all over the place, and since it was just a traditional edible. Why I could just take a gummy instead of drinking this and waiting an hour, you know what I mean? And um, and that's the real that's the real trick here, right? We're talking about something that is more akin to a beer. You drink a beer, right. and about five minutes, you feel starting to feel the effects. After the mm -hmm. first one, you feel a bit relaxed. After the second one, maybe your your hips are moving a little bit. And by the third one, you're like, mm -hmm. all right, where's my car keys? Like, all right, I got to figure this out. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing when you're drinking good, good feels. It's like you drink one, you're relaxed. You know, by the second one, you're like, all right, if there's some music on, maybe your hips are swaying. And by the third one, you're absolutely like you're you're kind of in that blissful state and be like, I don't like life's great. You know, this is fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, and so you kind of lever up and you have that sessionable experience versus going to the moon off one edible and like, you know, and having a panic attack in your bed because you forgot you took one and you took another one. And, yeah. you know, and everybody has those nightmare stories uh, where what we have is really controllable and precise. But historically, can when they came out, they were the first ones that really had like a fastish acting kind of formulation. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they also put a ton of marketing behind it, right? They're spending marketing dollars like no tomorrow. I mean, I don't know anybody. I can't for sure say that. Uh, I just can see the output of it. Basically, yeah. I see them everywhere all the time. And, you know, I see even on Instagram ads now and Facebook ads and stuff like that. And so all the power to them to be able to have that kind of budget to be able to put those dollars to play uh, at work. Hopefully the return is worth it. Um, Either way, I'm glad they're spending the money and not me (laughs) to be able to create a new category, right? So my long-term vision of this is maybe not as aggressive as like Boris Jordan, who back in Benzinga, Chicago, had claimed it was going to be 50% of the market in, you know, six years. I actually just look at it as a separate category. Like it's just not the same. You know what I mean? It's just flower, free rolls, craft experience. This is not exactly the same. Like you can have a different, you could have a craft beverage, but it's not like they're just in two different markets. And, you know, like I said, Minnesota and Can and Cantrip and um, uh, Jason Dayton over at uh, his. Uh, I can't remember the name of the company anymore, but basically the pioneers who are really bringing it to the masses and being available in grocery stores. That's where it should, that's where it should live. It shouldn't live behind like four layers of, you know, doors and vaults and all this other stuff. It's like, we're talking about a couple milligrams. We're not talking about a hundred milligram shot that you just like down and now you you have no control of your, you know, your bodily functions at that point. Um, So this is, you know, this low dose is kind of where my heart is and that's, you know, can kicking it off and all the way through to a lot of the companies that are coming out now that are, you know, really innovating on top of what we've what's kind of already been established, whether that's innovating on, you know, faster acting versions, because some of the even some of the original ones, and I, again, I don't throw shade, I'm just historically spitting facts here. I'm not like mm-hmm. trying to like throw shade at any competitors. I, I, I love my competitors, because we're all in this together. But like, you know, some of the earlier versions, we're still kind of slow, right? 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Mm. And it's like, you just don't, you still don't have the control at 15 minutes, right? And so, you know, now we're talking about, pro, you know, uh, now we're talking about, uh, what are you talking about? Emulsions, liposomals, my, my seals with, or inclusions or whatever you want to call them. Like there's different ways you can cut it. They're now like three to five minutes right now. They're even faster, right? So it's like, now you're really talking about in the range of being comparable to a beer in most cases. More importantly, it's actually, you know, almost on par with smoking. Smoking, of course, is only maybe like a few minutes, depending on, you know, uh, what your tolerance is and all this other stuff. But when you're talking about a beverage, three to five minutes is not that long. It's going to, by the time you finish the bottle, you're already feeling it, right? Just like a beer. Um, So the innovations that are happening now and, you know, whether or not the market can support all these new brands, that's an that's another side note. We chose to be a seltzer because that's the one is the most popular thing when we started. And a lot of these brands that are coming out now, whether it's a margarita or a, uh, a iced tea or non-alcoholic beer, which I'm excited about uh, through the Mahoney brothers there. Um, and 
I love like I all the, I tasted their flavors at Nikan. I loved like all the drinks I was drinking. I was this is fantastic. This is amazing. You know, do I worry a little bit? A little bit because I'm just like a plain old seltzer, right? But in reality, knowing how delicious ours tastes, I think the audience will it resonates with them, right? Especially zero calories, zero sugar, because a lot of these drinks now are including a lot of sugar and a lot of other things. Yeah. And, you know, based on our focus groups, people just don't want sugar. They don't want to drink their calories, right? And they want to have just a clean, great experience that's delicious without having to add additional, like, calories to something. It's, like, not even – it's not necessary in most cases. And in, in, in most cases, the people we talked about, if it did include sugar, it typically meant that it was more like a dessert, meaning you're only mm-hmm. having, like, one maybe, you know what I mean, as opposed to, like, hanging out with your friends and drinking, like, a couple. Yeah, and I, I think you nailed it, too, as far as the – the low dose aspect of everything goes because if you compare it to kind of you know a couple people hanging out whether it be at a bar or somebody's house and just having a couple beers while they while they watch a game or hang out in the backyard on a saturday whatever it may be it's kind of like comparing it to okay i'm gonna you know take a torch and fire off this dab rig or do i kind of want to have an even buzz going throughout you know throughout the afternoon heading into the evening and then maybe later we can get a little more crazy right but for right now i kind of want to you know just hang out and let loose a little bit so i think you guys really carved out an interesting lane and, and niche for yourselves by focusing on that and not having that shiny object syndrome that I feel like is just so difficult to kind of overcome, especially in cannabis with all the new developments and new innovations coming out. And like, it almost feels like every single day or yeah, every just... single week, there's something new popping up and it, it's hard to not look and, and be tempted by it. Yeah, we have, I mean, and one of the benefits that we have is we own our own manufacturing license, right? We're not a licensed brand that's just coming in and like piggybacking off of somebody's license in Massachusetts here. We own everything. And so therefore, mm. we could we could recreate any of those products really quickly. And our team is fantastic, especially in R&D. Our team, we create so many cool things in-house, whether that's a tea, whether that's a cold brew, whether that's – I mean, there's like, you know, lime rickies and all kinds of crazy sodas and all this other stuff just for fun, just to see how yeah. it would work and what the flavor profile is. And, you know, but – and we could we – could, we, we could launch them. We can put them into market. And the downside, though, is how big is the market for those types of products? It's right. that's it's like we went mass market for a reason, and that's why the focus is really important for us. Is because how many, you know, what I mean, like you might want a margarita one day, um, but you're a lot of people, core people, are just going to go back to the 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 basics. They're going to go back to the mass market stuff. They're going to go back to the seltzers and stuff like that. So it's like. I just don't know, and I always go back to that too, because the one thing about the beverage enhancer, and that we're talking really about RTD seltzers here, but if you think about the beverage enhancer, a lot of the products that are coming out in, you know, are called innovations, we'll say. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's like an infused hot sauce, okay? Or right. it's a, you know, a brownie mix or something like that. But maybe you don't like the taste of their brownie mix, right? Maybe you don't like taste mm-hmm. the taste of their hot sauce or their barbecue sauce. It's already been infused though. You can't really change it. However, with the beverage enhancer, you can choose whatever you want off the shelf, a Duncan Hines cake mix or whatever, and just right. infuse infuse that with the beverage enhancer. And then you get to choose whatever your your taste profiles. You get to choose every product that you want. Maybe you like Starbucks barbecue. Maybe you like Frank's Red Hot. doesn't matter to us. You just throw some beverage enhancer in it, and it's already infused. That's really cool. So so like even going back to kind of what you mentioned earlier, if I'm making a, a, a dish of like penny olive vodka, right? And I got the sauce ready to go on my plate. Could I technically drop a couple of the uh, a couple of drops into the of the beverage enhancer into the the sauce as well yep. and mix it up? Yep. 
mix you just have to stir it up a little bit especially in something like viscous like a sauce you'd have to stir it up a little bit but yeah that's it that's so cool i'm done i'm this i is, wish i was in mass to try it out that's no, but, that sounds so cool right and this is what when people when it clicks in somebody's head they realize the innovation here and we just won the award for best cannabis innovation at NECAN, right congrats so yeah. um and that's a community award it wasn't it wasn't you know in in full transparency NECAN did not give us that award it was the community award which is more or less a popularity contest and so yeah. you know i'm always i'm fully transparent with everything i talk about so you know in in full transparency uh the community chose it and of course i promoted mm-hmm. it so obviously i have a, quite a following and so we won at the end of the day, though, like it is a true innovation that's a brand new category that didn't exist. And so now we're talking about putting it into all these places that you, when it clicks, it clicks. And it was like, oh, I can just put into, and yes, literally any liquid, as long as it's not oil based, you know, it's, you right. can't put in olive oil because oil and water don't mix, right? And we already mm-hmm. did all the work, the hard work for you, and we put it in water. And so now that the hard work is done, you can put it in whatever you want. And what I typically do, is, you know, I, I would just have it in my pocket all the time. And so if I feel a little anxiety or if I just want to relax at the end of the day, whatever, I pop out of my pocket, I, I drop a, you know, quarter drop or half dropper in not, I don't even go, I don't, I, I don't like the last, I don't remember the last time I even had a full dose, to be mm-hmm. honest, the full dose is just for the regs kind of thing. Right. And, um, but I, I will just do a quarter dropper, half dropper, and, you know, just a couple of milligrams here and there just to like feel a little bit more relaxed, a little more loose. And uh, I'll put it in basically anything that's in front of me. Um, and even to the point where I started taking it straight myself just because it like it, it tastes good to me. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. So, Jason, before we let you go, I did have one last question for you. And that was, um, is there anything that you feel like you've learned throughout your time in the cannabis industry that maybe you're just like, you know what, if I was in a, in a more traditional industry or traditional space, there's no way that, that I ever would have pick this up so that and i'm going to try to say nice things here but a lot of cannabis people love cannabis Mm. but and they start a business they they don't understand business and so they don't maybe they maybe they might be a good operator Mm -hmm. maybe they don't understand the finances side of it though how do you cash flow this, right? How, how do you spend money uh, frugally enough to make sure that you're cash flowing the business, right? And even today, we struggle with that, right? And so, you know, March looks like we'll be breaking even this month, which is fantastic for us. And, um, you know, to continue to break even month over month is really important for us. So, or, or better, right? But like, I think having my business background, having run and successfully exited two companies was a huge lever when it came to coming into this world although a lot of it's way different too i mean cannabis is its own unique beast in a sense that you know we're talking about these buyers right being like how do you get a hold of a buyer and you know three weeks later you're like hey we we sold out you know we sold out in three weeks all right call the buyer buyer doesn't work there anymore like what like oh now we got to start a brand new relationship with a whole new person like it is kind of insane right now like to get your products to continue to be in stores um, and we have strategies to how to do that, which I won't share necessarily on this podcast. But totally I, I will say that there are um, there are a lot of people who are really passionate about cannabis, and I empathize and I love these people because I know a bunch of people who are really passionate about cannabis. And you know, 
I share that passion. I didn't come in this to like exit in a year for money. That was not, and it wouldn't have happened anyways, just because of the, mar- the way the market went. But right. that wasn't my. I'm I'm a hundred percent passion driven. This is the only thing I want to be doing right now. Like I don't, I can't imagine doing anything else, and it keeps me fully like engaged and, and you know focused. With that said, you know a lot of cannabis operators just they need to maybe a little bit. Maybe they just need to partner with a financial person or somebody with an mm-hmm. operating background who understands business enough, right? So that's the one thing I think with, I was able to leverage from my previous experience. Um, just managing teams, you know, being a mediator, you know, I don't, I'm not the shouting boss. I'm not like shouting at people like, Hey, you do that. No, 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 I'm a mediator. I, I often will be the last person to raise my voice. And I don't think I've ever actually raised my voice ever in this company yet, but basically, and, but there's disagreements all the time. Like, I think we should be doing this. I think we should be doing this and I'll mediate it. I'll be like, all right, well, what's best for the company, right? Let's decide mm-hmm. that together and let's figure this out. Right. And so I'm not that kind of heads down, uh, top down being like, you're doing it this way 100%. I don't care what you have to say. Mm-hmm. I know what's best because I don't. And anybody who claims they're an expert in cannabis, like you have to be careful with that. I think Mitchell Osak actually just mentioned that the other day in a, in a LinkedIn post as well. And he has a he has a newsletter. It's like, be wary of anybody who calls themselves an expert in this. Because like, unless you're, you know, uh, maybe you've been studying it in Israel for the last 30 years, <laughs> like no, there's not really that many experts in this world and we're all trying to figure it out ourselves. And some more people, some people are more business leaning, some people are more science leaning and some people are a mix. And I'm kind of like that mix. I love the science behind it. I'm always learning about ways to make the product better and our products better. And this isn't our last iteration. We're going to continue to iterate because that's my background in software and technology. And like, we always iterate on things. It's not like it's a finished product on day one. We right. always get better. We've actually, I think we're on our third version right now of our uh, beverage enhancer formulation. And our ready to drink seltzer has not changed actually since day one um, because it just was purpose built specific to be delicious. But uh, our beverage enhancer has now gone to, I think it's third iteration at this point, but we don't tell people that. We just try to make it better and without people noticing it. That's amazing. Yeah, no, great insights and, and reflections right there, Jason. So thanks so much again. Uh, this was a really good conversation. I feel like I soaked up a ton of information and I'm also really feeling some FOMO for not being in mass right now. Um, for listeners who want to get in touch with you and, and learn a little bit more about Goodfeels, what's the best way for them to do so? Uh, a couple places. So Goodfeels is uh, known on the web as getgoodfeels.com. So G-E-T goodfeels.com. Goodfeels.com, that dude's still not getting back to me. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but that I, I want goodfeels.com. And I think I've offered upwards of like $5,000 now. And it just, there's it's a, like a dead email, like no response. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, that's one way. So getgoodfeels.com. And then I'm available on every platform from you can imagine uh, outside of tiktok because campus and tiktok don't really aren't really that friendly uh and it's about to like, get banned by the u.s so we'll see what happens yeah. but uh but instagram facebook linkedin especially linkedin is my biggest following uh i i daily post on there uh monday through friday and then instagram i'll throw up some videos occasionally about how i infuse things right so i'll have instructional video about hey i'm going to infuse one of my last ones was like a snow cone i got some mm-hmm. snow from outside my front door and I infused it, right, with a simple syrup, some raspberry beverage enhancer, and some red food co- food coloring. And I made myself like a little slushy kind of like snow cone. That's awesome, man. Well, Jason, thanks again. Really appreciate your time. And that'll do it for this week's episode of the Major Journey Podcast. We will catch you all next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com.
Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodCon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at The Talking Hedge podcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.